2 Peter chapter 3, verses 14 through 18. 2 Peter 3, 14 through 18. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace, and count the patience of our Lord as salvation, just as our beloved brother Paul also wrote to you according to the wisdom given him, as he does in all his letters when he speaks in them of these matters. There are some things in them that are hard to understand, which the ignorant and unstable twist to their own destruction, as they do the other scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you are not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Something has happened to me. Things I used to love to do, I have no interest in now. You see, there was a time in my life when I loved to play marbles, build tree houses, ride my bike, smoke grape vines, if you can believe that, and frighten little girls with frogs and bugs. I don't have any desire to do any of those things today. The activities I was so attracted to at the age of eight or nine hold little interest to me today. I've changed. I've matured. I've grown. Now, that sort of growth all of us can report, and to a large extent, it happens over time, almost unconsciously. I want to talk to us tonight about a much higher kind of growth, and a kind of growth that doesn't just happen as a function of time spiritual growth. Let me ask, are you closer to God now compared to when you were baptized? Have you made measurable increases in knowledge, in zeal, in activity, in attitude? Have you matured in all the areas where God has given us instruction? An absence of growth is not just a danger sign. If I am not growing, I am decaying spiritually, gradually. Peter says something very simple in this passage I've read. Grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you are interested in measuring your own spiritual growth, I hope what I will present will help you. Three ways to measure spiritual growth. Three ways to measure spiritual growth. One, your sensitivity to sin. I've said to you on many other occasions, everything that offends God should offend his people. That's a very simple concept. It is well established. It is a premise in Scripture and you can take this with you wherever you go in Scripture. Everything that offends God should offend His people. 
It is like this. If you love God and you trust Him and you acknowledge His holiness and you've embraced His promises, everything that bothers Him will bother you. Everything He considers worthless, you will consider worthless. Everything He values, you will value if you are His faithful child. I want you to listen to this in the 101st Psalm. I'm looking at the third verse. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I will hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. Then verse 4, a perverse heart shall depart from me. I will not know wickedness. What this shows is strong determination to have no participation in wickedness to not look at it, to not let any of it cling to you, invade your mind, impact your action. There is individual determination in this resolution. I will not know wickedness. I say to you, one measure of spiritual growth is our aversion, our identification with God against everything that offends him. One aspect of spiritual growth is to have more and more sensitivity to the offensiveness and horribleness of sin. Sin is the transgression of your father's law. Sin is to stand against him, to move away from him, to assert yourself against deity. Sin is contrary to God's nature. It degrades the human nobility we were meant to have. Remember, we were made in his image. In the Bible, sin is compared to nakedness and sickness and death. How we feel about it ought to be the same as how God feels about it. And that strong aversion to sin should be a part of our growth. When you come to Christ to be his disciple, you must own your own sin. Be convinced of the damage you have done by your sin and give it up in repentance. Then from baptism until death, there should be steady growth in your sensitivity to sin. Everything that offends God should offend me, and sin should be more and more horrible to me as I grow spiritually. A vanishing conscience is a sign of decay and spiritual death. We're talking about measures of spiritual growth. Number two, your better treatment of people. Jesus said this in Matthew 22, 37 to 40. If you love the Lord your God with all your heart, that love of heart for God enables you to treat people right. The vertical relationship with God is the only sound basis for the horizontal relationship with people. I feel so strongly about what Jesus said. I'm willing to say if God is not in your heart, your relationship with people will never be what it should be and could be. Now let that sink in. If God is not in your heart, your relationship with people 
will never be what it should be and could be. But now I want us to think about this in terms of spiritual growth. If your love of heart for God increases, one result of that increase will be you will treat people better. It is a proportional thing, don't you see? As your love of heart for God increases, your capacity and motive to treat people right increases. A man said one time, the older I get, the more I love God, but the more I can't stand people. I don't think he had it right. And I don't think there was an authentic increase in his love for God. I hope what happened to this man never happens to me, and I'm going to count on you to tell me if it does. This, this man got old and impatient and cranky and arrogant and cynical and cold in his treatment of people, and he deceived himself into thinking that this was because of his closer relationship with God. As he gained experience, he thought he was getting closer to God, but there was no evidence of that in his attitude toward people. I'm saying, if we grow closer to God, that growth will give us greater capacity to treat people right. Let's go to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Just about any time I talk about attitude, I wind up in Philippians chapter 2. I'm going to read a passage about what our attitude should be toward each other. And once I read this, if you believe you have mastered this, you can give your mind to random thoughts and just ignore my comments. But most of us, when we read Philippians 2, 1 through 4, we are challenged by it. Listen to this. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, Paul said, verse 2, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look out not only to his own interest, but also to the interest of others. And then Paul gives, as the supreme example of unselfish humility, Jesus Christ. Are you convinced you have the mind of Christ in such measure? You have mastered what this passage teaches? I don't know of anyone who can say that. I need to grow in this regard, don't you? I am deeply challenged by what this passage is teaching, and I really need to do better. How about you? If your attitude toward people and if your treatment of people is not getting better, improving, is not being enriched by the discipline of the Word of God, I urge you to face that, repent, and get this teaching fully activated. One sign of growth is your improvement in your thoughts and behavior toward people. Number three, measures of spiritual growth. A powerful sign of spiritual growth is your deeper appreciation 
for Jesus Christ. Let's go back to some basics and remember very well the one who is at the center of our faith and our lives. Let's go back to some basics and remember that. We wouldn't be Christians if it were not for him. We would be lost in sin without God, without hope, completely incompetent to guide ourselves and help others with eternal needs. So a strong central element of all spiritual growth should be a deeper and deeper appreciation for him who died for us. Paul wrote this, And I, when I came to you, this is 1 Corinthians 2, And I, when I came to you, brothers, did not come proclaiming to you the testimony of God with lofty speech or wisdom. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, it can be said all of Paul's preaching was about Jesus Christ. Everything he said, what he wrote, every sermon centered in the great truth of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Certainly when Paul talked about the forgiveness of sin, that was all centered in Christ. When he gave instruction about responding to Christ, when he wrote about all the good behavior of a disciple of Christ, when he told churches what to do, it was all about Jesus Christ and him crucified, he who is the head of the church. It ought to be with each of us, the older we get, the more we grow, the more we read and study and pray and worship and listen to sermons. Christ means more and more to us with each passing day. If we are growing, that must be the case, right? He means more to us with each passing day. We have a song that you may be familiar with, written by Mylon R. Lefevre. Without him, I could do nothing. Without him, I'd surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away, oh Jesus, oh Jesus. Without him, how lost I would be. Without him, I would be dying. Without him, I'd be enslaved. Without him, life would be hopeless. But with Jesus, thank God I'm saved. Jesus, oh Jesus, do you know him today? Do not turn him away. Oh Jesus, oh Jesus, without him, how lost I would be. Jesus should mean more to me with each passing day, and that is one of the central indications that there is growth. And there must be, Peter said, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. I leave you with one question. It is for me and for you. Am I growing? Are you growing? 
Thank you for being with us in this study.